the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, July the 13th, 2023, the year of our Lord. Today on July 13, 1960, John F. Kennedy won the Democratic presidential nomination on the first ballot at the um, Democrat convention in Los Angeles. Today in 1863, deadly rioting against the Civil War military draft erupted in New York City. It took them three days to calm that one down. Today in 1923, a sign consisting of 50-foot-tall letters spelling out Hollywood land was dedicated in the Hollywood Hills. It was put there to promote a subdivision, actually. The last four letters, the land part of it, were removed in 1949. Those big letters are still there today, as far as I know. And uh, they're kind of iconic. They're seen in movies and commercials and one thing or another. Today, in 1974, the Senate Watergate Committee proposed sweeping reforms in an effort to prevent another Watergate scandal. Today, in 2011... California became the first state in the nation to add lessons about gays and lesbians to social studies classes in public schools under a measure signed by Governor Jerry Brown. And today in 2020, Washington, D.C.'s NFL franchise football team, they dropped the Redskins name and the Indian head logo because of pressure from sponsors, they said. The move followed decades of criticism, according to Associated Press, that the name and the logo were offensive to Native Americans. I don't recall that part of it. I recall the part, and I was watching this very closely three years ago, and a couple of years before that, leading up to it. I I recall that there were a number of leaders among the Indians, the indigenous Native Americans, there were a number of leaders that stepped up and said, it's not offensive to us. They said, we see it kind of as a compliment. It's it's not a problem. I'm sure there were people that were problems, but the people that were really pushing that issue, I don't really care what they call themselves, but the people that were really pushing that issue were white guys. Like the Elizabeth Warrens, who claimed to be Indian until someone proved she wasn't. It was the white people the activists, the far-left activists that were pushing that idea wasn't necessarily Indians. I mean, there were probably some who jumped on the bandwagon for various reasons, but the movement really wasn't, like, organic. It was activists trying to push their far-left agenda that is absolutely killing America, literally. We are suffocating, we are choking in the dust and the debris of the leftist movement in America today. Karl Marx would be proud. He would be encouraged. He would smile if he could see us now. 
There's too many people in leadership roles with authority and with influence in America today who have no clue that they're destroying the greatest nation in the history of the world, or they simply don't care. I want to talk a little bit about that today, but the results of that we're seeing in our cities across the country, right here in the Northwest where we're based, but all across the country we're seeing that the major cities and small towns as well, but major cities have become a cesspool. And if you look at them, every one of them, the worst cities in America as far as crime and 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 homelessness and all of this kind of thing, excuse me, people experiencing homelessness and all these kind of things, we see at the top the leadership is leftist. They're far left so-called progressive Democrats. And they're they're killing us. They're they're destroying the culture. And cities get desperate, like Seattle has become desperate, but others as well, Portland. Portland is on life support. I mean, as far as the city is concerned, across the country, it's the same thing. St. Louis, all you, you know the names. They're all under under the, the the heel of the left. And so they finally get so bad, they say, we've got to make some changes. So they appoint new people or they elect a, a new mayors or whatever. But they always elect people like the ones they're unelecting. And they're expecting better results. It's like the old saying that, you know, if you do the same thing over and over again, don't be surprised that you get the same results. And that's what's happening in our cities. In fact, there's a poll out, came out the other day, and I, I saw it. I put it on my desk in the studio, and I, I was going to mention it, then I didn't. But one-third of Seattle residents, this has been out three or four days now, but one-third of Seattle residents are considering packing up and moving out of the city anywhere. Largely, they're citing home prices and crime. That's according to a Seattle Times-Suffolk University poll it was conducted the, the the end of June, so it's a couple of weeks old, but it was published a few days later. Roughly 33% of Seattle residents surveyed said they are seriously considering moving out of the city. Of the residents who say they are considering moving, 37% blame rising house costs and 34% cite public safety as their main reason for wanting to leave the city. They're not necessarily leaving the state, although perhaps some are. But they're leaving the city. They're getting away from Seattle. It's because of leadership. That's how they got where they are. And that's how Portland got where they are. And St. Louis, Baltimore, you know the list. Of the respondents who report wanting to move, 80% rate the city poorly as a place to live. 66% report feeling unsafe in their neighborhood. The Times noted, Seattle Times, they, they uh, I apparently paid for that survey. They noted that in the last three years, costs in the city's metro area increased 20%. The city's metro area home price index is also 40% higher than in 2018, but down from 50% in 2022, and wages have not kept up with the increases, according to the report. That's a, that's a story. That isn't you know, like breaking news. That's the story. That's the profile of every major city in America that is run by the left. You look at other cities where there's Republican and conservative people in in leadership, and they tend to 
use and invoke conservative principles and values. And they get a different outcome. Every time they get a different outcome. Well, there's a news piece out there just published this morning, just a couple of hours ago. Associated Press is reporting that the Secret Service Service has concluded its investigation into the cocaine found in the White House and agents were unable to find a suspect. I'm shocked. <laughs> no, I'm not. The bag of cocaine was discovered in the White House on July 2nd, Associated Press says, and the Secret Service was conducting an investigation with fingerprints and DNA testing. Their report released this morning, just a couple of hours ago, said the, the probe ended with no viable suspects. Despite the Secret Service looking at visitor logs and surveillance footage of hundreds of individuals, etc., the agents were also not able to identify what day the illicit substance was left in the White House cubby. Uh, that's a place, I, uh, as I understand it, that's a place where they leave, you know, personals, their cell phones, and so on when they go into the Situation Room, which is really high. Uh, the whole building uh, obviously is is highly protected and, and, you know, watched over by, by authorities of various groups. But uh, I guess the situation room is particularly high security. I, I've been listening to people. I, I mean, I've never worked at the White House. Marjorie and I went on a tour there once years ago. We saw what they wanted us to see. It was very interesting. But um, the people that I've seen on various news channels that have worked there in the White House, I mean, had a job right there in, in the building. They say, man, people don't move around without being under surveillance there. And somebody that would have dropped this cocaine off accidentally or purposefully, they said they should be able to find out who it is because people who have worked there say, there is a high level of security. But in this case, no, they have decided they can't solve the mystery. So let's move on. There's nothing here, nothing to see. So let's forget about it. We're going through a difficult time in our country now, and I think all of us know that. I'm reminded of what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18 in the King James Version. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things. We need to keep our focus. This was sent to me by people who support this ministry regularly. Thank you. If you're listening today, you probably are. Thanks for sending this. Paul was addressing the kinds of issues that we see in our churches today, in our culture today. We need voices that speak out to these issues in the church, in the culture. We need to have a voice in this culture. It's interesting that the principles of liberty, you probably, there's 28 of them, you're probably familiar with them or you've heard of them, maybe you know them well. But the principles of liberty, number three, number two, is a free people cannot survive under a under a Republican Constitution unless they remain virtuous and morally strong. Of course, it was John Adams who said that our Constitution was made only for a moral people. 
and religious people. It's ineffective for any other. Principle number four says, without religion, the government of a free people cannot be maintained. And so on. Number five says, all things were created by God. Therefore, upon him, all mankind are equally dependent, and to him they are equally responsible. And number six says, all men are created equal. Number seven says, the proper role of government is to protect equal rights, not provide equal things. And so on. These are the principles of liberty. These are the the foundational principles upon which this nation was birthed. And when you put that up against the way we are living and behaving today in this nation, it's no wonder there's so much chaos and darkness and confusion and perversion and idiocy in leadership. The headline reads, White House doubles down on censorship scheme that violates the Constitution to muzzle critics. The President of the United States is so far off the rails as far as the founding principles of this nation that he is trying to use the government and is using the government to surveil and censor the things that he personally disagrees with. That's what's happening. In response to a federal judge's ruling halting the program, the president files an appeal devoid of even one winning argument in his own defense, according to a number of lawyers that have looked at it. Betsy McCaughey is a former lieutenant governor of New York and author of The Next Pandemic. It's a book. She says President Biden has played his cards. It's all bluff. No aces, she says. Federal District Court Judge Terry Doty, he calls Biden's actions the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. That's pretty strong coming from a judge. I want to take a closer look at that today. I want to also thank you for your support. This program is totally supported by our listeners. There's no other income stream to this ministry, so it's completely underwritten by those who listen and believe in what we're trying to do here. Thank you so much. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, Faith and Freedom, faithandfreedom.us. You can contribute there, and many do. So thank you in advance for standing with us. And thank you personally for standing with me. I believe God has called me to do this, and we're going to continue to do it as long as you'll stand with us, and the Lord gives us the green light. So thank you so much. Betsy McCaughey writes yesterday, she said, On July 4, Judge Doty announced that the evidence produced so far indicates the president is operating a vast illegal censorship scheme to muzzle his critics. Judge Doty knows tyranny when he sees it. He's got the goods on the Biden administration. He laid out his evidence at 155 pages. They were meticulously footnoted. I didn't read it all, but I looked at some of it. It is meticulously footnoted. Mr. Biden, she says, numerous White House staff and employees of 11 federal agencies are being sued for operating a whole-of-government censorship operation to prevent you, the public, from seeing social media posts that challenge Biden's policies on a wide range of issues, from vaccines to climate change 
to inflation and other issues, even spiritual issues. Not to mention any posts that mock the Biden family members if anybody says anything about Hunter Biden is trying to get, President Biden is trying to get himself in a position where he can legally go after you. That's straight out of Kim Jong-un's playbook in North Korea. This is how that guy rolls. Judge Doty cited ample evidence. He's got emails. He's got meeting notes. He sworn, has sworn testimony. He has correspondence. All of it shows the Biden administration strong arms media platforms into serving as government censors. The Constitution bars the government from censoring. So Mr. Biden is coercing social media to do the dirty work for him. As Betsy McCaughey says, that reason, that reasons Judge Doty is just as unconstitutional. He said it's the same thing. Whether, you're, whether the president is doing it or whether he is strong-arming others to do it, and they're doing it for all kinds of reasons, but one is to try to stay in somewhat good favor with the president of the United States. But Biden has a history of ignoring the Constitution. This isn't new. It's just accelerated. It seems more offensive today than it did even a few years ago, given all that's happening in, in the culture and what we know about this president. In August of 2021, the National Review ran this headline, 2021, a while back, but not ancient history. The headline read, Biden's unprecedented attack on the Constitution. And the National Review went into quite an in-depth story on that. The review said Joe Biden certainly isn't the first president to violate his oath of office, but he might be the first in memory to openly brag about doing it. As Biden announced a new eviction moratorium, he informed Americans that the bulk of constitutional scholars would say the CDC eviction moratorium is not likely to pass constitutional muster. Now, let me stop there for a moment. Remember back during the COVID thing and we were all shut down and we were going to die and everything if we didn't do what they told us and get multiple shots and wear double, triple masks and all that. Anyway, during that period of time, um, he decided to start taking, making uh, financial decisions, the president. And so he, he put out this eviction moratorium. You can't evict if you're a property owner. Well, immediately, constitutionalists and conservatives said, wait a minute, the president of the United States can't do that. And Joe Biden, as president agreed with them, and he even told the press, he, he is unable to restrain himself when it comes to bragging about himself. And he's impaired. I mean, there's no question about that. He shows his age, or, or I, I think it's more than age. I think it's, there's obvious decline. But in any case, even when he was younger, you look at video from the past. I mean, he spent his whole life in public office. But you look at him in the past, and he's always had to brag about himself and what he did. And, you know, like, I'm going to fire this guy. We're going to withhold a billion dollars from you in Ukraine a few years ago. If you don't fire this guy that's investigating a company that my son is on the board and getting $80,000 a month or whatever it was. I mean, that's been pretty much his life story. So this is a part of that. It's a continuing of that. But he was telling the media, he was admitting 
to the media that, quote, he would be circumventing the courts, the law, and his oath of office in which he promised to to the best of his ability to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. He was telling the press that he knew he was circumventing that, but he said, I just need to get it done. I mean, the president takes an oath not to infringe on property rights of Americans to placate his crackpot socialists in his party. That's how corrupt these people are. While an impeachment proceeding was filed, it didn't move. It's still, as far as I know, it's still just resting somewhere. It's pending. At that time, the Los Angeles Times wrote an article structured to minimize what Biden was doing. Everybody recognized that he was way out of his lane. As a president, he didn't have the right to do what he was doing, and he was bragging about the fact that he knew he didn't, but he was going to do it anyway. It was a big deal. Anytime any president knowingly violates the Constitution of the United States, it's a big deal. Or it should be. Well, this judge is taking appropriate action for the sake of the country. To halt this assault on freedom as an election nears, Judge Doty issued an order on July 4th. The order is barring Mr. Biden himself and dozens of his White House staff and federal agency employees from any further communications with executives at Facebook or Meta, their parent company, Twitter, YouTube, Google, WhatsApp, Instagram, and other Internet platforms, quote, for the purpose of encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner the removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content. It's damage control for our nation, the judge says. He said, I can't let this the nation go down any further under this kind of leadership. He said it's unconstitutional. He called it out. So the White House denied it, they're, that they're coercing social media executives. They're insisting that, well, they make independent choices. We don't have anything to do with it. But these guys are meeting. Some of them have been into the White House over the last year and a half, 20 and 25 and 30 times. That's not exactly making independent choices. Judge Doty documents the demand, so social media and the coercive language that White House staff and other federal employees used, Biden officials met with the tech executives regularly and they flagged content they wanted to be removed. The president is lying. He's not telling the truth to the public. He is coercing them. He's telling them what to put out on the Internet and what not to put out. McCaughey notes that Judge Doughty cites numerous times administration representatives warned the Biden administration would consider altering Section 230. That's that carve-out that allowed the Internet to be born, and guys like certainly Mark Zuckerberg and others have benefited from that and became multi-billionaires as a result of it. I personally think it's time for the government to revisit that and just put on their big boy pants, and do what's right. There's people in Congress that want to, but there aren't. as far as I can see, there's not a majority. Some of our goody-goody people that we've sent to Congress want to sit there with their hands crossed and come home and tell us, oh, yes, boy, I just denounce all this. But they don't do a stinking thing when they're back there sitting in their chair that we're paying for. They're just silent. They go along to get along because they have a really good job. 
That's bothersome, and that's part of the problem here, and it's not all Democrats. The silence of Republicans sometimes are deafening on issues that is destroying this country. Fortunately, they're in the minority in the Republican Party. They say this this judge says numerous times administration representatives warned that the Biden administration would consider altering this Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Biden has even been using that carve out that Congress gave these Internet guys to start start up some years ago. He's he is threatening them to remove this and take it away from them. I think it should be taken away from them, but the president doesn't have that power. He he knows it, but he doesn't care. He just keeps doing what he's doing as he, as they say, makes progress. The Washington Post goes into a time of mourning and cautions that after companies and the federal government spent years expanding efforts to combat online falsehoods, this lawsuit might end that cooperation. It's not cooperation. It's collusion. The First Amendment protects all speech, good, bad, true, false. The truth is, Judge Doty has confirmed by was confirmed by the Senate 98-0 to zero and has become a formidable defender of the Constitution's limits on government, and yet the media is now, every time they mention his name, they go, Trump-appointed Judge Doty. They're trying to discredit him. No one voted against him, not a single person, when he was confirmed to his chair. He has a strong case against Biden. He warns that the U.S. government seems to assume a role similar to the Orwellian Ministry of Truth in Orwell's 1984. There are still good, honest, brilliant public servants in America. Judge Terry Doty is certainly one of them. But our current president's actions and his disregard for the Constitution create a grave danger. But I'll tell you, it's not going to advance on this judge's watch. We need more like him. He said, quoting an 80-year precedent, he said, if there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, he said, it is that no official, high or petty, can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion. Founding Father James Madison noted there are more instances of the abridgment of freedom of the people by the gradual and silent encroachment of those in power than by violent and sudden usurpation. Abraham Lincoln commented on that. He said, if we're ever destroyed, it'll be from within, not from an enemy without. He warned it is indispensable that some provision should be made for defending the community against the incapacity, negligence, or perfidy of the chief magistrate. This is Adams. In his personal notes, on the same day, he noted that perfidy means the quality of state of being faithless and disloyal. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6, Let no one deceive you with empty words. Our culture, our media, the sounds, the noise around us is filled with empty words. The prophet Jeremiah warned in 9.6, You live in the midst of deception. In their deceit they refuse to acknowledge me, declares the Lord. That's the problem that we have today. We refuse to acknowledge the God 
who created and blessed this great nation. We have moved him to the margin. We need to be heard with the gospel. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.